Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I feel like I'm starting to get into some sort of a rhythm. Twelve episodes in, this is kind of a, it's kind of part of the routine now. You do the interview, you slap the monologue on, put in the theme song, some interlude music, send it to PQ Mastering, and he puts it up on Podomatic, and it's everywhere. It's kind of cool. I'm, I'm liking this. It's no longer a a burden or something I have to do because I said I was going to do it. It's become part of the routine, and I'm enjoying it. By the way, our sponsor is PQ Mastering. I just mentioned them. Patrick at PQ Mastering out of Las Vegas, Nevada, puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for all of your audio restoration needs, you can shoot him an email. Go to his website, www.pqmastering.com. He's got his email, contact info. You can see some samples of his work. Um, and I, I really appreciate Patrick. Pat, thanks. Thanks for everything. He masters this podcast. He also uploads it for me. So he, he makes life, he makes life easy for me. I just do the, the interviews and the, and the editing and stuff. Okay, great. We got all that out of the way. My guest today is Jenny Shahan. She's a singer songwriter from here in Denver, Colorado. We talk with her about, or I, I don't know why I say we, I, maybe I'm like a Lord of the Rings character or something. I'm I'm creepy and I refer to me as we. Is that? I don't know. Maybe no one noticed, but it's it sounded weird off of my tongue. So I'm gonna try that again. I spoke with Jenny about her upbringing in a small town in Indiana and how she eventually decided to attend Belmont in Nashville and get a music degree there, and then how she, through a marriage, ended up in Denver, and though the marriage didn't work out, she's still in Denver and has been making life here for several years now and has her own project and her own band and has played in several bands around town, and uh, we had a really great conversation. I want to say, too, this was actually a take-two podcast. I haven't had one like that before. We actually did the interview twice. The first time, we did it and got done, and Jenny said, you know what, I think I think I can nail it better than that. Um, I want to try it again. And a lot of people after the interview say, oh, was that good, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's always good. They're all good. They're, they're all human interest pieces, and a lot of people don't like talking about themselves or they think that their life is is boring, but... Uh, they're all fascinating stories to me and I think to the listeners as well as well. But anyway, Jenny wanted to give it another stab. And also I had some minor uh, audio issues, nothing that was a huge thing. And maybe Patrick could have even fixed it in mastering, but it wasn't quite up to snuff audio quality wise either. So between those two things, we got together and said, yeah, hey, let's try this one more time. And even though the first interview was amazing, I'm so glad we did a second one because it came out that much better. I'm really happy with it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to discuss. Oh, yes. The Most of these episodes, or all these episodes so far, though have been informational, um, you know, maybe focusing on a certain part of the industry, depending on my guest, they're mainly human interest pieces. We go in depth with somebody and get into their life and talk about their journey. But... I want to start throwing in occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally some informative episodes where we talk about a specific topic in the music industry and talk to an expert on that topic. Um, later this month, I'm going to be doing an interview with 
a tax accountant who specializes in taxes for musicians. So we're going to do a Q&A and chat about that. If there's any questions as a listener that you want to ask somebody who does taxes for musicians, please shoot me an email within the next week or two at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. I believe our interview is scheduled for January 27th, and uh, the interview will pop up on a MCRS episode sometime in February. So if you have any questions, shoot me my email, middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Okay, that's enough talk. Let's jump right in. My interview with Jenny Shahan. Yeah, I don't. I think that's. I think I should make everybody do that. <laughs> send me your resume. Yeah, yeah. Before <laughs> you come on the show, send me your resume. No, I think this is really great. I'm gonna have. I have never had a guest send me a resume before before doing the show, <laughs> and I might. I may or may not use this against you. We may or may not call some of your references, but <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's actually look at the references. Katie Laurel. Katie. I know Katie very well. <laughs> Mark Anthony King, who used to be the talent buyer at, at the Little Bear. The Little Bear. Yes, he's I th- great. I th- I think I've well, no, I have met him in person a couple times, but he's one of those people that you send like a lot of emails back and forth. You know, talent buyer, you send a lot of emails back and forth. Yeah, and I was like, I wonder what that guy's like he's in so real cool. life. I just we were walking by the Little Bear one night, um, going to like a play in Evergreen, and he was just out having a smoke, and I was like, hey what's going on? I would, how do I play here? You know? And he got me on and was super supportive. And that's how you met him. Yeah. So cool. That's how I met him. It was totally not planned at all. And then he moved. Um, he was there for a few years when I was playing and then he moved to, I think the Springs and he's, he's a cool artist. Yeah. If you've seen on Facebook, he's like, he, that's, he moved to, to pursue or, make that his full-time thing what what kind what's what kind of art like portraits like um colors like he's like a painter yeah wow he's it's really cool stuff that's awesome like i would have his stuff in my house really yeah i'll have to look him up and and see what he's up to i know i i met him in t- in person a couple times at the little bear in in passing but we've never spent a whole lot of time together he's a cool he's a cool cat well, maybe we'll call him and see if. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is, we just went through two of your four references. Um, so if you were interviewing for a job and I was the boss and you made these up, it would not be good for you that I know two of these people, right? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever made up, have you ever made up uh, references for a job? Um, I'm trying to think. You know, usually it's like, Okay, you're not like, you know, in college or high school and you're like filling it out. Like there was no online and it was like, you're there, you're sitting in the room filling out the paper and you're like, oh crap. And you got to like have those numbers, Yeah, you know, you're like, I got to figure out what to put down. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah. You like put your best friend. You're like we've worked together. Yeah, exactly. We remember that science project we did sophomore year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a great person. You just tell them that when they call. I think I babysat for your friend. You know, you know my <laughs> character and my work ethic. I'm gonna train yeah. you on exactly what to say. 
<laughs> and you're going to say it when they call. Um, exactly. So let's let's jump back to to how you got to sitting in this chair <laughs> in my messy bedroom. Um, I bought four coffee mugs. <laughs> and, and bought four coffee mugs. <laughs> um, so you grew up in Indiana, right? Yeah, Mooresville, Indiana, home of John Dillinger. Do you know who that is? No, no, sure don't. He's like a famous outlaw. <laughs> really? They made a movie about him, and I still need to see it. John Dillinger. My high school boyfriend was obsessed with him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, what? I mean, what did he? Did he kill people? Did he? I think he was a robber. It's like a bank robber. So he's like a, a Jesse James sort of thing. Okay, you send yeah. me the title of that movie when you think of it. I think it's John Dillinger. Oh. But I <laughs> So it's like his debut album. I, <laughs> I should really know more about this. But yeah, um Mooresville, Indiana, it's a small town and uh probably like thirty minutes southwest of Indianapolis. Mm. And Paul Hadley was the junior high school that I went to. He developed the state flag, Indiana state flag. Really? So those are our two claim to fames. That's awesome. Now, how small is it? Is it still small enough for like a, a, a horseback bank robbery or? <laughs> I know it's grown so much. And I, my dad always asked me questions like this. He's like, now how big is Nashville or how big is Denver? <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, when I was growing up, we had to go to Plainfield to go to Walmart. You know, my mom would go to the neighboring town to go to Marsh, which was like a Kroger. We had a Kroger. Yeah. We had like McDonald's, Taco Bell, Dairy Queen, mm. you know, all those things. But but it was like, and we had stoplights and stop signs. It, it wasn't like that, you know. But it took, in Indiana, I feel like it took a, well, where we lived. We lived across the street from a dairy farm. We we lived on five acres. The neighbors had ten, and you know most of the land we just bailed for hay. Wow! And so you'd really have to shout for help if something happened at the house. <laughs> <laughs> the store was probably ten fifteen minutes away. Yeah. And when I was, you know, you could probably get to the gas station in like five or t- seven minutes. Hmm. Get to a gas station. <laughs> yeah. Now I know nothing about that lifestyle. What was that like? Do you? I mean, did you did you love it? Did you grow to, you, you know, now that you're in a a bigger city, you know, it's not. I guess we're not huge, but now that you're in the right. outskirts of Denver, are you? Do you miss that, or, you know, oh, that's how it used to be and how it ought to be. But what's your what's your take on it? It's funny living here in Lakewood because you know, you got Belmar right down the street, but then you're we got horses and across the street and yeah you know roosters and it feels very country um right but you know the the dairy farm you know i don't miss that smell (laughs) um we had a lot of corn you know corn and cows but um i know i don't i don't really miss it but it was all i knew you know yeah like i'd you know, unless we visited somewhere else, like my grandparents would um, have a condo in the winter months in Fort Myers, Florida. So mm. that was like one of my first memories of a family vacation was when I was six years old. We went to visit my grandparents down in right. Florida and got to see the beach and go to Disney World and all that kind of stuff. So, so you, you, you never... 
you never said, ah, oh, shoot, mom and dad, I, I wish we could, you know, ride our bikes and get Slurpees at the gas station like all the other kids. That was just, that was just the way of life. That actually, I loved riding my bike. Our driveway was super long. The street we lived on was like a back road, so people would fly down it in my, until I was like late high school. Did I get the courage to like ride down the street? You know, wow, because it was like people would fly and again, you know, there are curves and it could be kind of dangerous. But what I did growing up was I would ride around in the driveway. We had a concrete driveway f- from the house to the road and then a gravel driveway from the house to the barn mm. <laughs> and then all sorts of yard you know and so i'd like pretend i was a bus driver and i'd (laughs) ride my bike and like you know play games with my bike all around the yard and like up and down the driveway and and there was like um like a dead end kind of cul-de-sac just a little bit down the street so sometimes i would like ride down there and like ride with my friends in the cul-de-sac wow you know or my aunt and my grandma lived in like um those types of neighborhoods where it was like a bunch of dead end streets and so I would like, you know, my dad would throw the bike in the truck. And when I go to stay with my aunt or my grandma, like I'd have the most fun ever because then I knew I could ride my bike like and be safe Anywhere. in the neighborhood. And I'd just like take off and go. Yeah. Do your parents still live there? No, they live in Florida now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you haven't yeah. been back in a while probably. I haven't. No, mm. it's been, it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. And when did you... When did you leave? When you went off to college? I was so excited. Yeah, seventeen. And you went to Nashville. No, I didn't. I did not tell you this. I went to Missouri State, Southwest Missouri State, ah. in Springfield, Missouri, because um, we looked at Belmont and we looked at the price tag. And then, like, I got my school counselor was like, "Hey, you know, you want to do country music, like." why don't you try Branson, you know, and like try the theaters there. And like, and so I like looked up what schools were close to Branson and I was like, well, maybe I could find a niche out here, you know, and got a scholarship um, to Southwest Missouri's music program, a vocal scholarship and, um, and tried that for a year. And was that because was it something you just had a knack for since you were a little kid, or was there a specific reason where you decided, I want to go into music, I want to go into singing? Okay, so I started on piano when I was seven. My my grandma was, uh, her her mom was a piano teacher, and uh, my parents got me lessons, bought a brand new piano for for me, and um, and just started taking piano. I didn't know until I played piano trumpet and violin (laughs) when I joined choir in middle school I was like oh I like this and then um still played piano throughout high school um but it was very like classical you know it wasn't like let's try and play and sing you know it was like piano lessons (laughs) yeah right and my teacher was awesome and pretty strict you know um but then I joined the choir and in Mooresville the Spotlighters was the choir. And I remember being in grade school, watching them, they came to the school and did a performance in the gymnasium and like blew us all away. And I was like, that's what I want to do, <laughs> you know? And and uh, they all had the big hair, this was the 80s, you know? And 
dresses, sparkly dresses and the heels and, uh, you know, choreography and all this. And that was the, it was, that was what it was about in my town was the Mooresville Spotlighters. It was like competitive show choir. Wow. You know, tanning beds and fake <laughs> eyelashes and big hair. And the whole production. The whole thing. Yeah. You know, and so um, that's what I aspired to. And I didn't even know. I think I was I was in the women's choir at the time and I was like, Man, I wanna be in this the choir, you know, and and I just like started singing solos and and my senior year finally made it into that choir. Awesome. And was like, you know, so so stoked. But I was okay, so this is the story of how I knew what I wanted to do. I was like there was this this moment when I was singing in the shower, which would seem like any other day, and <laughs> and um, isn't that funny? It's like I don't know about you, but like yeah, I don't sing in the shower every day. It's just like when the moment strikes. You could be washing dishes, or you could be in the shower, you could be in the car, and then you just burst into song. I think I'm a moment strikes person too, but for me, the moment almost always strikes in the shower. I mean, other places too, but it's... Get that water flowing. Yeah, that just does it. <laughs> but that was the moment. I was like, I was singing and like a spirit kind of came over me and it was like my angel saying, this is what you're supposed to do. And I'll never forget that. That's like the moment. It was like tears and the whole thing. Like, okay, so I like, accept. I'm going to be a... I'm going to be a singer. That's awesome. So then on your quest, you find yourself in uh, yeah. Springfield, Missouri Spring, yeah, for just a year. Places. And it was like 800 miles, or no, eight hours, 500 miles away from home. And I was like super stoked about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Freedom. You're, you're far away. But, it, but close yeah. enough, you could come home on the weekend if you had to. Yeah, maybe. Well, mom couldn't. <laughs> but co mom did. couldn't come and drop off the bag of cookies. You know, it was right? That far away, but right? But uh, yeah. So I did. I I went there, and I remember my one like request my that I put out to the universe was that I would make a bunch of awesome friends, and I did. Yeah. And it was like the thing. Like my, I had one year there. And I made a ton of friends. I don't know if I ever really like took in anything in any of my classes. <laughs> like I didn't do very well at all. Right. But I just had fun with people, you know. It's cool. That's and do you stay in touch with some of them? Yeah. I mean, a lot of us are friends on Facebook. Um a lot of them are still in Missouri. Um but yeah, I do actually. But then, your story continues. Yeah. Right. You made some new friends, and you did your first year. And then, what what made you leave after one year? You know, I think I started getting sick. I didn't really know how to take care of myself. You know, it was like my first time doing anything. I was the first one in my family to go to college, like we talked about before. Yeah. So, um, so you know, I gained the freshman fifteen thirty. What <laughs> you know, just was. like. Yeah, and I think my dad could tell that maybe that wasn't where I was supposed to be. or, um, And so we just started looking at Belmont again and um, and w sat down and really like looked at how we could make it work and, um, and applied and came back home for the summer. And I remember getting that letter at Belmont and being 
just dancing and like screaming and like being so excited to to go to Belmont. You got in. Yeah. So then you moved down to Nashville to go to Belmont. What was your specific major down there? Uh, Commercial music. Uh, Commercial, actually, vocal performance, commercial music. Mm. Uh, With a music business emphasis. They had like four or five different emphasis that you could choose from. Within. Within that program, yeah. Cool. Tell tell us about that. (laughs) Tell us about Nashville and Belmont and... Belmont is great. Nashville's great. Um, my experience in college was very much like managing, balancing, like, okay, I have to work, you know, I have a car, you know, and I was babysitting, I was serving, I was, Mm. you know, doing a bunch of stuff to make it work. Um, when a lot of, a lot of the kids I was going to school with were maybe, working in the library (laughs) for like you know for drinking money (laughs) right right i was like working for car insurance and food and clothes and you know thing um so i feel like a lot of my college experience was like how do i do this you know and my parents were like cool um we got this part good luck (laughs) you know and yeah and so uh, in that way it was very 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 challenging and I remember when I graduated just you can see in the graduation picture of me shaking the dean's hand like veins sticking out of my (laughs) my neck smiling so big (laughs) I was like I did it I'm the first one (laughs) and my grandparents were there it's awesome that's awesome and so at your time at Belmont I've I've seen the campus, and I know people that go there or have gone there, but I, I haven't spent any real time there. And I've only actually been to Nashville, like, twice. Um, so what what is it like as a student at, at Belmont? Do you find that you're immediately immersed in the Nashville music scene, or is it sort of there's a Nashville music scene, and then there's the, the, school. the Belmont scene? I think it is what you make of it, Yeah, you know, and where your head's at when you come in and, and all that. I, I definitely saw all sorts of people ready to go, knocking on music door, knew who they were, had their band, you know, yeah. right from the start, like in orientation. At, you know? at 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I've been like, okay, I got my band together, and they just, they take off, you know. Um, and then other <laughs> others of us going, oh, I, what's this thing called college? <laughs> yeah. And they definitely, there's a thing they called, this, now this was, I graduated in 03, so this was a while ago, and I'm sure a lot of things have changed, but um, they had this thing called the Belmont Bubble, mm. where like you could, basically referring to like, you know, being in this this bubble that that you only do certain things or that you're only like performing on campus, you know, um, so I think it's it's a little bit of both, but like the music business program is so popular. They, and you kind of had it, it wasn't like together. It was like, you're either business, music business, or you're music. Yeah. And at that time, it was really like a feeling like you're either one or the other, you know? Like if you're music business, then you get the cool internships on Music Row. And, right. you know, you get the cool schedule where you get to work two days and have classes the other two days, yeah. you know? And as a music major, that's just not the case. Um, 
were you music? Yes. Okay. So you know about the 18 credits and the Z and the five zero credits. Yeah. The zero credit hour <laughs> classes that you have to take eight times. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's no time to really. You're there five days a week. You're there every. Yeah. Yeah. All day. Every day. You know, you're waiting around for oratorio chorus at four o'clock right. when everyone else is at their internship. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. You know. But part of the thing I think about being a music major too is um, you have to already be doing it. You know, there. I think there's a lot of other majors where you can say, oh, I think I want to go into this field. If you're a musician or if you're going to music school, you have to already have a decent amount of experience as a musician, right? Yeah, well, you have to audition and get in first. Yeah, right. You, you know? can't say, I think I'm going to learn piano in college and be a piano major. You have to right. be a piano player. No, you have to pass the proficiencies and you have, you have a, you're, you're in front of the whole vocal staff and you have, you have certain, it's very laid out, you know, yeah. like you have to sing this, pick a piece in this genre. And, and even for vocal majors in the commercial music program at the time, it was the first two years you study classical voice and then, then the, the second two years, you get to choose, you know, your commercial path. So if you want to yeah. sing rock, then they might hook you up with the rock teacher. You know, if you want to sing jazz, and they had like a, a teacher that was specializing in jazz. So, so then you know, you you kind of like do the classical thing first, get all that training, and, and then you're on your way. That was the philosophy. If you can sing classical, you can do anything. Yeah. That's really that's really neat. I know a lot of colleges still are are conservatory, you know, and you're either classical or jazz. And I love seeing these schools that are nurturing, you know, rock and roll or whatever. Right. Like CU Denver, where I went, doing that in Berkeley, and there's a couple other schools, but Belmont is is one of them. Yeah. Did you go to school with any uh, anybody who ended up like? getting famous i did yeah tons <laughs> like <laughs> i always have to ask people that who spent a lot of time in nashville sarah buxton um who's who has actually become one of nashville's hit country songwriters had a band called stoic oak at the time yeah. and she was like best of the best like performing at the ryman for the the showcases that we had and it was like a hippie band and she was like barefoot with a tambourine and mesmerizing and now she's like this hit songwriter with with a family and wow you know wrote stupid boy for keith urban and oh, she tried the artist thing for a while and then the songwriter thing really took off and wow and josh turner his senior recital um yeah you know he started out publishing deal after he graduated and then soon i think mca picked him up and i think he's been with them ever since does he just is it he just has that that low classic beautiful country voice oh my god so this is here's my story yeah yeah um the song where it's like uh oh the once there was this girl who yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had the same teacher wait can you do that again <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> we dimmed the lights we didn't have like a performance hall I mean, we did, but for class, we all, all of us that had the same vocal teacher would get together once a week and perform for each other. And so he did that in our, in our seminar class one week, we dimmed the lights and he sat in a chair and he sang that song. Whoa, that, <laughs> awesome. That was probably one of the most fun 
um, hilarious moments. Of yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, was he doing it, it seriously, or was he was he was did he know he was gonna kind of get a laugh out of it? I think it was both, but I mean, it fit his voice so well, you know. Like, <laughs> I think as a baritone, I think. I was even doing research the other day on like the different types of voices. And I think he came up as an example on this, <laughs> this article for examples of stars with certain type of voices. And that's like one of the lowest that you can have. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he just knew, he knew who he was. Like he had spent time, um, in North Carolina, I believe, um, kind of honing his craft at like, community college and then when he came to Belmont he was like ready to roll and he's one of those guys that was knocking on music row just knew who he was right away and um and you could see that you could see like everyone in a different path you know and um several friends that like my friend Lauren Lucas was um signed right away out of college and then you hear the story of how like, you know, the staff changed at the label and then the second staff wasn't very supportive. And then, you know, you get dropped and you, you're like on your radio tour, you know, and then yeah. you like go through these, um, these different winding roads, you know, to get to, to where you're going to be. Did you but feel like you knew who you were at this point, like some of these other folks, or are you still, No. what am I doing? Not at all. No. Yeah. No, not at all. I <laughs> I was kind of taking suggestions from, from my teacher because I grew up on country music. I was like, my dad was all about, I was riding in the truck with my dad. My dad worked construction, and yeah. it was all about country music. My mom was like into gospel. So in our house, it was like Sandy Patty records you know gospel records yeah sure and then my dad's country radio you know 95.5 was the big station in indianapolis and he'd just be singing every morning to my parents are not musical at all but they love music you know and so uh that was my experience growing up was old gospel records and country music radio and so i would sing everything i could get my hands on that i heard on the radio and some Christian music, too, because we were big into church. So it was like yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith was my first concert with DC Talk. And like, wow, you know, then later on when I got a CD player, I think my first CD was like Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that you know, very similar. Very, yeah. <laughs> very. <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't know it all. And my teacher introduced me to like Fleetwood Mac and Melissa Etheridge and Pink and like pop rock stuff and it blew my mind because I I didn't really know what else was out there yeah you know I grew up on Reba and George Strait and Shania and Sarah Evans and just sang so you're all just their starting to too. kind of get a, a feel yeah. for your musical taste at this point or totally. what you can really do and and and, and after college what's next you've got well, you started working for Hal Leonard, is that right? You did some session work. I did. It even took Still me a in while. Nashville. Yeah. 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 I um I didn't really know, you know. College was like survival mode for me, you know, and I did a brief internship at um Paddock Music, which at the time was owned by Toby Keith. So mm. it was like a, a small publishing company that he had. Um, wow. in this house, in the basement of this house on Music Row. And, and I would like 
literally my job was to burn CDs for the guy in charge. And one time I think he let me like go to a label and drop it off. <laughs> wow. And I, um, I remember there was this other Belmont student that was interning upstairs. I think it was the management company upstairs. And he was like bragging about how he got to hang out on the bus with Toby Keith and eat chicken wings and stuff, you know? And I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> like, I burnt CDs. I burnt the CD <laughs> <laughs> for Scott Borchetta and all those people, you know. So, um, so it was wild. It was cool, you know. And that was like maybe like the last semester of my senior year, and they folded right as I graduated too. Oh wow! Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I actually took I took a brief um, when I was looking for apartments. Um, my own, my very first apartment in Nashville, um, studio apartment, which at the time was like 500 bucks. Um, they offered me a job at the leasing office so that my apartment could be like 400 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, take it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And so then I met like songwriters and I like, you know, met some really cool people through leasing. And then, and then, you know, shortly after that got, um, got the job at Brentwood Benson, which became Hal Leonard. So yeah, it took me a minute, you know? Yeah. Um, which is kind of a theme for me, but, but it was cool. You know, that's how I've met all the people that I've met. Well, and I know a lot of people, once they go to Nashville or LA, they stay there, but you, you went in, you went <laughs> elsewhere afterwards. I um, did. so what, what was it that, that took you away from Nashville and what is it that keeps you here now? Yeah. Great, great questions. I actually never thought, you know, I was like, don't take me out of Nashville. You know, like this is my place, you know? Yeah. Like, so you felt at home there when you were there. I, I do. I did. And I, I'm not sure if that's cause I went to college there and I just was so familiar with it and it felt good. Um, all my friends were there at that point, you know? Um, Belmont just has a lot of great people and I'm still so grateful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got married to my college sweetheart who I'd met at Missouri state and we were long distance pretty much this entire time. Wow. Um, he stayed at Missouri state. He had a brief stint in Buffalo on a baseball scholarship, but yeah, he graduated from Missouri state huh. in, um, at music education and got his first, um, band director job at a high school in Nashville and um, well, well went to Memphis for grad school before that so it was uh, like this whole like seven eight year kind of thing yeah yeah and um, and then we we got married I think I was 26 um, and then uh, he knew he wanted to go to grad school and that was a conversation we'd had years ago like would you ever leave Nashville <laughs> I was like yeah Oh, <laughs> it depends on where. <laughs> right, right. Do not take me to the middle of nowhere. Like, we just came from there. Yeah. <laughs> so he knew um, he he wanted to go to grad school, and then he got a couple offers. And with the doctoral programs, it's like really intense. It's like you know they they pick you a couple years ahead of time. They only study with like three people at a time, and um. So he got accepted to CU Boulder. So that's that's what happened. We packed up and moved from Nashville, 
for him to to pursue his doctoral studies in um in marching band you know you can get a doctorate in marching band core, like conducting yeah oh okay <laughs> yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i think it's called a dma doctoral music arts or something like that and what year did you, was it that you guys actually moved out here it was 2010 2010 okay and yeah. and what did you start doing were you lost you're yeah. not in the middle of music city so in this time um or in the time i was working at how leonard um i was like you know that i was performing a little bit but i still like was kind of in this place where it was like i know i want to do this and would always think about it but not like you know i was like a new wife and trying to kind of figure out what i was going to do and how i was going to do it and i ended up going to um get my master's degree in education. So I got certified like as a grade school teacher, which is crazy. And you did that at? Um, Treveca, okay. which is another college in Nashville. Um, and they had like an adult working program where you could like work and go to school. And I did that and that was my plan. Like, okay, if he's gonna teach and do this, then maybe I can teach and do music on the side or something like that. Right. You know, and he, he came from educators and I was like, okay, this makes sense. And so that was my plan to support him through school was, yeah. was to go to school. <laughs> so, right. You know, and everything started falling apart with that. And it was just like one sign after another that was saying like, this is not the path. <laughs> yeah. I would get in car accidents. I'd be like sick. I'd, um, even here got in, totaled my civic when I first moved to town and which led me on this like whole journey of, you know, even boulder and acupuncture and massage and all sorts of ways to, to take care of myself. But I was doing yeah. everything. I was nannying. I was, I was substitute teaching. Um, I landed a job at Westwood college, which was like a sales position, uh, for an online school. Um, kind of doing that cubicle land day job thing and um, met some guys there started playing music and you know kind of had this huge epiphany that like my husband and I were going in separate directions yeah and you know never in my life would I had I imagined that that would be the case you know right but um but it was and as soon as I accepted it we just parted ways like as I don't know, as kindly as we could, and yeah. I have no bad words to say about him whatsoever. Um, but it was like a big surprise from the universe. It was like, oh, that was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and surprise. <laughs> After you've moved everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it at that time it and it was when all that came to be. He was almost through. He was almost through school. You know, it was only a couple months left. So, so um, yeah, he got a job, um, got his first contract in Ohio and moved. And I was like, I feel like I need to stay here. I'd already started to play music and make contacts. And, right. and so that was, it wasn't like, oh, now he's gone. I'm moving to Nashville. It wasn't like that because I'd started to dig my teeth in here, you know. Started doing things here. Mm -hmm. And that, so now it's 2012, 2013? Yeah, I think it was... 2013 2014 maybe yeah okay yeah. and at this point you're playing as chasing may 
Chasing May, um, my friends Johnny and Dave, we all worked together at Westwood and started playing open mics. The Waterloo was the first open mic. In Louisville? Yeah. First yes. first guitar case stickers. <laughs> I love Johnny Cash. I love Johnny God, Cash. God I grew, bless Johnny Cash. I grew up in Louisville, so that's that was right down the street. So Waterloo. awesome. Great, great spot. And they, they moved to the building next door, and I don't think they have a stage anymore, unfortunately. Oh. Man, it's been a while since I've been down there, but I'm so grateful for that place. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool, cool spot. I did that. Cannon Mines was my first real show. They saw us play an open mic. That was my first open mic. Was it Cannon Mine? That is like... Oh my gosh. I met so many people there. That's how I got to DSE, was a guy that I met at that open mic at Cannon Mines was like, hey, you guys are great. You should, you know, there's this conference songwriters thing you should check out and that's yeah. that's where the ball really started rolling i met katie laurel at the first dse yeah and katie i feel like has been responsible for everything <laughs> and, you, and you still stay in touch with her regularly yeah that's awesome durango yeah. songwriters expo for the listeners who yeah don't know. yeah and if and and if you want even more information on that uh, they have a website, <laughs> but <laughs> Durango song, and it's not Durango, Durango. song dot com. Yeah, and it's not in Durango. They do it uh, in Broomfield every October, and they do it in Ventura, California every February. February, and then they even have a couple other things that they're doing in other parts of the country. Um, right. But one of these episodes is with Richard Harris. Yeah, who's a hit songwriter and a super cool dude, and he's been helping out with the expo for years. Actually, he got signed to a publishing deal out of the expo like 12 years ago. That's right. And he still goes every time and helps out with it. And he has his own thing now called Songwriter Camps. That's right. Um, where you get together for three days and you, you split up into groups and you write songs every day. So anyway, if you want to go down that, that, uh, that road, check out the episode with Richard Harris and check out Durango Songwriter Expo stuff. It's a great yeah, community. So, uh, it's so great. So many great things have happened. Yeah. And that's how I met Richard. And that's how he produced my second single, Trouble Finds Me. Yeah. Yeah. And did was it his idea to do the thong as well? Say what now? <laughs> the, 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 the merchandise item. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the one ones of your we were shows. promoting at the show. <laughs> yes, I was at one of your shows, and you were selling some scandalous, <laughs> some scantily clad merchandise. Actually, a thong would probably sell way better. Um, yeah, no, I um, trouble finds me underwear. I still, I still need to find like a design that works. But yes, <laughs> no, that was not his idea. <laughs> That was not his idea. That was actually a fan's idea. Who, my, one of my friend, fans, friends, fans, um, came to one friends. of my shows at Pouring Rain in a festival, and she's like in the front row in a poncho, and you know, there's like three people there. You know how those shows go, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I even get rained out of the show, and then we end up going back in the tent and having lunch, and we came up with that idea together that is the best <laughs> i think that's a great merch item <laughs> you just um you gotta have some different sizes next time so i can you know try them on and see which one i actually want to purchase you know i do actually i yeah. think the one you had wasn't, wasn't going to quite fit me <laughs> <laughs> 
it didn't occur to me that that would be a thing that guys would you know i was just thinking about girls at that if point you, if you had a boxer brief i would order a pack for sure you would yeah yeah trouble finds me the boxer font would have brief. to be just right it, it could be girly it could be <laughs> super girly in fact that would probably be that would be great <laughs> i love it <laughs> um you were also in I, now i am referring to your resume yeah yeah this is great that you that you sent this you <laughs> were also in funkifino i did yeah after chasing may um i was with them for 2 years um and got to see a lot of colorado with that cuz they do a lot of weddings in the mountain towns and yeah. and you know in the shitty bar gigs too, you know. Right. Well, they they but. do all the summer concerts. I mean, they're oh, busy. Yeah. You know, they've got a name, which is which is great. So that was that was a lot of steady gigs for you. It was. It was a good part time job. Yeah. It really was. Um, you know, like Chris K was talking about with the numbers and stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, ninety, about ninety to one hundred shows a year with them. Um, so so they kept me busy. What I realized, though, in the end is that they have a certain way that they do things that works for them. And that and what sets them apart is that they have the same people. They try to keep the same people on every show, especially the singers. So there was little room for me taking shows on my own. And so my, you know, my um, position started to change where I was like, I want to start doing start doing my own things and start doing my own shows and you know, be on other people's shows and, mm-hmm. and make time for, you know, it's like I was finally doing music and, and making some money at it. But I was like, this is not a, this is such a great opportunity, a growth thing, you know, to see, to learn all that I learned there and to, you know, grow that confidence as a singer with a 12 piece band behind you. Um, but to realize at the end of the day that my path is my voice and my own music Mm-hmm. And it was time to to take other shows. Let's say it's tough to make that that call at a certain point too, because it's good money, and you're like, I'm making it as a professional musician. But right. if it's not, you know, if you're wanting to create your own stuff, right? Um, and that's what you're doing now. You're going out and playing shows. Um, you've got your own band that you're playing with. Stoked, um, yeah. And what's what does the next couple years look like for you? I mean. Obviously, you can't predict anything, but what would you like the next couple of years to look oh, like for you? I knew this was going to come in handy. So I actually didn't bring this for us today, but <laughs> I've been doing this coaching with Samiko Sprinkle in Nashville. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's got me doing like my why statement, this worksheet where I write down my what I want to do, be, and have. Yeah. And... um. I have everything on here, the most outlandish of things. Like Oh, please read. Please read an excerpt. Recording my album with T Bone Burnett. Super cool. Um, which by the way, I had a hosted a rehearsal two days ago with a guitar player who's worked with him. Awesome. And had coffee with a guy who used to hang out in the studio in LA where he works. Wow. So I was like, This is how the universe works. Yeah, <laughs> like, all of a sudden you're like two you degrees put it instead down. of six. Yeah. It's wild. Um, my very own album that I love and that I'm excited to tour with is at the top of the list. It's number one. Yeah. And um, having a superstar as a mentor or coach because I realized that I need to surround myself with people that are where I want to be. 
yeah to do that and i i have ashley cleveland on my radar because i used to babysit for her in college she's a gospel rock grammy winning and that's another thing on my list to be a grammy award winner awesome awesome yeah and climbing and snowboarding are on my list and i started climbing i saw yeah i saw on uh, the social media i'm in love with it how long how did you did you just start no it's yes so i don't know what happened or how it even got in my mind because it's not like i have it's not like it's been a thing like that i've known about or anything and um it's just I started like Googling it and I wrote it down and then I found out Earth Treks is 15 minutes away from my house and it's the largest climbing gym in the country. Wow. And there's two locations, one in Golden, one in Inglewood, and they're both 15 minutes away. And you can be a member for like 79 bucks a month and they have yoga there and classes and it's crazy. So I took, I went for an open climb where they just help you and show you everything. And then I took a belay class where you learn how to hold the ropes and be a partner for someone. Yeah. And then they have a board where you can um, say who you are and what your level of climber is and when you climb. And and then you can like find partners to to climb with. That's awesome. And so I did that last night. I met this guy and we climbed for <laughs> an hour and a half. And then like on the other board, it's like, oh, women's climbing night and like, just getting involved with the community there. Yeah, like they have. And it's then totally cool. you can do like a CD release show there where everyone's climbing while you're <laughs> playing. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really cool. And here's the deal. Like, I think it's because I feel like I'm climbing in my life. And like, I, like I'm such a like analogy kind of hands-on kind of learner. And I'm like making all these discoveries as I climb that have to do with life and realizing that like it's super fun. It, okay, here's one example. They call the, uh, the handles that you hold on to. I don't know all the lingo yet. They position them um, like as courses. Right. And they call them problems. Okay. And I was like, that's really interesting <laughs> because when I think about climbing, I don't think about problems. I think about how fun it is, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And then when you're up there, I remember the first time I got about halfway and then I looked down and then I was like, oh my God, I'm really high up. And I was like, this is kind of scary. <laughs> and I like, I was like, this is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just down there smiling at me and then I can just keep going. And then I get to the top and he's like, okay, you can let go now. And I was like, really just pretend that there's an imaginary chair in the air. And, and he's like, yeah, you know? And I was like, dude, how, if I looked at life like this every day and I said, this is so fun and I'm just going to climb up, climb on, climb already. And then right. you just like right. start doing it and you figure out where to put your hand and where to put your foot. And you just focus on those, like right there in that moment, you just focus on those maneuvers you don't look up you don't look down that's not important mm -hmm. what's important is like just doing it having right. fun figuring out how to get to the next step yeah and then when you are tired or you feel like you can't hang on or you get to the top you can just tell your partner that 
you need a rest or you want to come down. And then they and got you back. And it's that easy. And it's like, it's that easy. And then if you like, and you don't like keep doing it until you're exhausted, you just like, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to do this for a little bit today and see what I can do. And, and then if you know the universe has your back, you right. know, how ironic is that you have to have a partner for it. Or at least it. your partner, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you have to have help for it. You yeah. can't just do it by yourself. Right. But I was like, there's so many correlations to what we're doing. There's so many correlations to like like living your best life and how to go about it. And I feel like I'm just jazzed about it. It's light bulbs going off, you know? Yeah. It's like really energy giving to me. That's awesome. Sounds like you're starting 2019 with a bang. I'm so pumped. That's great. That's great. Finding the motivation, doing, I'm a huge fan of the lists and the goals <laughs> and all that. And I, yeah. I know you have to get out of here cause you have another appointment. Um, but before we part ways, um, and along with sending me a resume, you also <laughs> sent me a repertoire list. Oh yeah. <laughs> And I don't know what I'm going to use this for, but I was just starting <laughs> Song to... Song ideas. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I was just starting to think to myself, if every guest had to send me a song list, like... An, of all the songs they know. all inclusive <laughs> of all the songs they know, there would be some sort of great game we could play, you know, like a lyrics game, or we could do Mad Libs with one. I don't know what we would do, oh, but it, it would be funny. But I think... Dude, that would be great. I think, since we didn't have time to prepare that, maybe the game will be, why on earth did you learn this song? <laughs> um, and the first one on my list would be Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. Why on earth did you learn this song? So that is a duo song um, that I only do, you know, when Jason is singing the lead on it. And it's just like a fun cover tune for the bar gigs that people like to sing along to. Well, I I, I can't know. criticize it too much. I've, I've sang it hundreds of times live when I did the dueling pianos thing and yeah. cover oh, really? gigs yeah On yeah piano. so I, yeah yeah I, uh, I know every word wow but this is quite this is quite a repertoire and you've got them categorized into pop blues rock soul country originals acoustic folk and then stuff that you do with your duo yeah i love that this is so organized can i steal this <laughs> you even have a logo on the pages this totally is, this is great oh, well yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to come and do the interview and wishing you all the success going forward and we'll talk to you soon dude thanks oh can i just say one thing yes gold dust woman is one of my favorite songs and i love when you guys do that oh thank you maybe thank you. sometime we could collaborate on that cause yeah we'll that come up and so come much. up and sing it with us that would be awesome standing invitation okay <laughs> awesome thanks for having me thank you all right. I don't really have anything else to say. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you're hearing, if you enjoyed the interview, please rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps me out a lot. Hashtag middle class rock star on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you use. If uh, you have any questions, comments, concerns, guest suggestions, hate mail, shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. All right, until next time. Thanks. Thanks.